You are listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. It is 2018. We are on the 18th year of the Apex. No, not 18th, is it? It's like sixth year, fifth year of Apex Nutrition Podcast. Yeah, I bet. Okay. <laughs> listeners, this episode. Yeah, this episode, we are going to review, not review, but it's the best of 2017 and how to make your 2018 the best year ever. I just added that for quick bit. So we're not going to talk about best year ever bullshit, basically. We're going to uh, do a little quick uh, recap of 2017, a couple of the hot topics, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then answer a few listener questions. So if you have any listener question, listeners, if you have any questions, you can email me, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. That's ben at mountainbikeradio.com. In case you don't hear it enough on all the different shows and me talking, uh, if you have any specific questions for Kelly, it's K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com. And you can find her, since I know we're going to have some people that are just tuning in for the first time. Uh, from Spotify, possibly, because we are now on Spotify. So if you had the Spotify app, type in Mountain Bike Radio, and you'll find it over there. I know some people are listening already because I can see the stats, uh, But so we're getting some new listeners from there. So if you're just tuning in for the first time to the Apex Nutrition Podcast, there is a wealth of knowledge. If you go to mountainbikeradio.com, and there at the top, there is a little whatever you call those. I don't even know what you call them. Listen tab. Go there. Click on, a menu? That's what, a navigation uh, yes, menu? Yes, navigation menu. That's what I was trying to think of. And I was just trying to fill space by talking, which probably pisses people off. But if you go to listen and you click on Apex Nutrition Podcast, it will take you to the homepage of the Apex Nutrition Podcast and you can scroll through a bunch of episodes there. I redid the website a couple years ago, so there's a limited number on there, but there's an archive there. And if you go to the Mountain Bike Radio app on any of your platforms, type in Mountain Bike Radio, download the app, and go to the search box. Type in Apex or Apex Nutrition or Apex Nutrition Podcast. It will bring up every episode that we've done. So if you like what you hear, Go through and listen to all the back episodes. Get yourself up to speed. And if you don't like what you hear, bye-bye. <laughs> Is that good? I just <laughs> want to get that Kelly in there. At because best, the beginning, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at best life ever. <laughs> exactly. Best life ever. Type that in. It's the beginning of the year. I know new people are going to be checking it out. And I wanted to kind of bring people up to speed. So, all right, Kelly. So, what do we have going for this episode? Yeah, so I did ask for um, listener questions on Facebook, and we got quite a few, but um, we're going to do some highlights of 2017 first. And really, I looked back through our 2017 content, and uh, there were definitely a couple themes going on, one that I didn't ask for and another that I kind of did. So the one I didn't ask for was almost exactly a year ago, I was skiing, backcountry skiing above Vale. And I made a turn and I tore both my ACL and my MCL. So sorry for all you um, dedicated listeners who've heard this story way too much. That's all I will talk about there. But so one theme of 2017 was about joint health and surgery recovery and, um, and muscle activation 
to help your joints. We actually had a question about this, so I'll come back to some of those in a minute. But that was definitely a theme. And if you are interested in proactively um, keeping your joints healthy as you age, then I tried to make all of those, we tried to make all those podcasts applicable to you too, because I know not everyone was having surgery, but I certainly was. So we talked about about those things. And like I said, it included... um, muscle, you know, strength training and um, muscle activation and development, because that's kind of what we can do to keep our joints healthy. You can't do too much to like strengthen your joints themselves, but you can certainly improve um, your muscles and how they support your, um, your joints. So that was definitely one theme as we went. Um, the other theme. How are you now? You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm skiing again, which was huge. Mentally, that was a huge thing because, you know, it's not like I could sell my skis. They were expensive, the ones that I did this in. And so the first time getting back on the slopes was was crazy. It was, um, you know, I think I said to a few people, I've never been so mindful uneasy like groomers, <laughs> mostly I backcountry ski. So, you know, when you go on groomers, you can just kind of fly down them. Um, but, oh my gosh, so mindful. Every turn was like, you know, engage your quads, Kelly. <laughs> you know, just, I didn't want, it wasn't that my, I felt like my, um, my new ACL, which used to be my quad tendon. Um, it wasn't that I didn't think that it could hold up to any pressure or um, force. It was that I didn't want to take some stupid fall, catch an edge, and then my leg flop all around. That's what I'm most afraid of with my knee. Um, it's just, okay. you know, one stupid thing where you're, you know, you've got to ski on your foot, it just kind of goes all different directions. Um, mm-hmm. So every turn is very mindful. Like you're not going to fall on this turn, you know? And so that's, that's been the thing. It's lessened as I've, you know, I've, I've probably been, I ski a lot. I ski about three times a week. So, or four. Um, and it's not because I don't have a job for anyone who's thinking that this is before, <laughs> it's an early morning before work. I'm usually home by seven, yeah. seven thirty. Um, but, and you live next to and, a yeah, skiing. I have a sweet bike set up on my old stump jumper where I put a big PVC pipe on it and my skis fit in there and I can ride my bike for five minutes to get over there early in the morning. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I am there. You know, I ended the summer doing all the biking I wanted to do. Not Maybe not the distance. I hadn't really worked back up to the time or distance, but, you know, three-hour rides somewhere in there going as strong and fast as ever I did before feeling very comfortable, still not wanting to take falls, um, but feeling comfortable. And then I was also able to kind of like, I think my long run was around nine miles, you know, on trail. So that was good too. And and the bigger deal for that wasn't the length was, but was that I got to the place where I could put my foot down in front of the other without thinking like, Oh my gosh, is there a rock? How's my foot landing? Am I stepping weird? I got to where I wasn't having a limp and my stride was right. So, so yeah, lots of work and, basically back to where I want to be. The only thing left I would say is um, I'm continuing to work on, you know, just flexibility and how it feels day to day. But also I want to get back into the backcountry skiing. So that takes strength when you're not on a um, surface that's consistent and you don't really know what's under you. It could be a different type of snow, you know, crusty snow or really deep powder. So that's going to be, uh, I'll be excited if I get to do that this year. Yeah, that's where I am. So anyway, lots of podcasting about that. And then the other big theme was Ben and I really wanted to take a um, a focus on overall everyday person, everyday athlete health and wellness, not just training nutrition, although that will always still be a part of this podcast um, as I share, you know, supplements and different things that help us train well, but really just 
everyday health and keeping athletes healthy and bodies healthy and aging well and that sort of thing. So we kind of ended the year with a podcast on brain health, um, which was really fun. It really stretched me to research it and to kind of start thinking about it. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that when I got a lot of good feedback back on, on that podcast. I'm excited about the brain health thing going forward into 2018. Me too. Uh, it's it's just something that I think at the end of 2018 or 2019, whatever, you know, like everyone's talking about Bitcoin right now or like low carb right now. You know, like if you get into a discussion with somebody, just general public, it goes to whatever the topic is, right? And I think 2000, whatever, if we're doing this uh, a year from now or two years from now, I think the, the discussion won't be as much like keto it'll be more of brain things that we didn't know and that, that we're doing that have become mainstream. Yeah. So for a while there was get brain games and stuff. That was just the beginning. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg. Yes. And you know, I so would love, I'm excited about that in December, 2018 by then, hopefully we've gone through at least like four or five body systems, spine health. And, um, you know, we could definitely go more in depth on joint health, skin and hair health, eye health. Like there's so many things that, you know, as athletes and just as people that we can do to kind of keep ourselves healthy. And a lot of times the funny thing is, is they're going to be the same thing over and over and over, you know, sleep and uh, flexibility and working on things like that. It's not going to be new things all the time, but a different way to think about it maybe. And so I'm hoping cardiovascular health, respiratory health, there's a lot of things we can talk about as athletes. Um, because I know I, you know, we said it in the brain health, I'm not getting any younger, neither is Ben. And, um, but you know, the thing is, is if you proactively work on wellness and health, there are so many benefits to it, things that you don't even see, but just your body and your life feels better. So yeah, I'm excited about that because we'll always talk about sports nutrition, but there's only so many ways to say it, you know, um, but overall health, that's something to keep talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so what else? The other big deal in um, 2017 is I discovered a sweet little um, kitchen gadget called the Instant Pot. <laughs> and I was somewhat late to the game. And then Ben was right there with me. And um, basically, this is an electric pressure cooker that unlike the pressure cookers of old that sat on the stovetop and, you know, rattled and steamed and did all this stuff. These ones are- And were dangerous. And scary. They probably, they probably were. I wonder what the stats are. Like, did anyone really hurt themselves with those? They're scary. Oh, I heard of this one guy. <laughs> I heard of this one guy who- No. <laughs> no. It, it was, it was, it was, uh, I guess not dangerous, but a pain in the ass. How's that? Okay. I thought you could say like blew up on his, like the thing blew off or something at the top. No, I'm just making shit up. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're scared. I remember my mom had one and it rattled and it scared me and steam came out, you know, and all of that. Um, but these are so simple. They're like working a slow cooker or a crock pot, um, but better because there's all these functions you can do, um, you know, cook your dinner very quickly because of the pressure, obviously. Um they're just fun and they make dinner easy. And I probably use it four to five times a week in addition to making my yogurt in it. And now, um, I baked. So now that I live at 9,000 feet, for some reason, I couldn't bake a potato to save me this last six months. I don't have baked potatoes that often, but when we have one, I want it to be good. Right. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the altitude. I, once I tried baking them for like four hours <laughs> and 
They were still, huh? they were still hard. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't know what my problem is. I asked my grandma. Does your oven work? My oven works. Yep. I bake cookies, all, you know, whatever else I'm baking, fine. My grandma, um, she was born and raised and lived on a cattle ranch at, um, at about 9,000 feet. So the last time I saw her, I, and she just knows everything. She's one of those grandmas. She's awesome. Asked her, I was like, Grandma, I can't bake a potato to save me. And, you know, she didn't know. So anyway, I can bake a potato in like 10 minutes flat in my pressure cooker, and they're awesome. So um, they're just amazing. Like you can do all these different things. I hard boil eggs in there. Um, that takes about 15 minutes, and you can do like 18 at a time, which is great for my family. Um, I make yogurt in there and it's like complete no brainer yogurt maker. And I can do the whole gallon of milk at once when I make it. Um, just all these things. And if you're not, if you've never heard of an instant pot, there's like a cult following. And probably the reason why that was a popular one was because I put hashtag instant pot and that goes to all kinds of people with all the cult yeah. following. <laughs> yeah. But all kinds yeah, of people exactly. listening already knew, right? Exactly. Yeah. They were like, can Duh. I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the yogurt? Yeah. Do you have a different uh, seal that you put on for different food just to keep it? Because what I've found, and it's kind of annoying, is that like, even though washing, the, there's a taste. Yeah. I, Do you have a different seal that you I, put on? I don't. I try to make sure I, I you know, rinse it off and wash it good before that. But yeah, my <laughs> the yogurt, it's funny. It doesn't really bother me. But yeah, there's like a, a little bit of a spice or something to it. Um, yeah. Like when you, mm -hmm. like, like, I don't like my yogurt to taste like cumin. Like curry. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, cumin and curry and what's another strong one? Like chili? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, no. And mine, mine's the same. I, yeah, I don't think it's... I'll try a different seal. Yeah, and there's probably something out there. I haven't... You know, I've thought of it, but I haven't actually researched that. But yeah, same thing with um, the hard-boiled eggs will have a little bit of it, which it's fine on those because it tastes good, but... Oh, you yeah. can smell it more than taste it maybe but um but yeah it's hard to get that seal completely flavor free so yeah so i had another listener who recommended getting uh extra seals and i just haven't yet so i'm gonna buy a couple you can you can just get them on amazon they're like three four bucks a piece Wait, or something so like just that. that you can just pop them on for, that goes around the, the just rubber the seal. seal yeah cool. mm-hmm yeah. Yep. And they have different colors. So you can keep them separate. So you can have like a yogurt seal. Yeah. Awesome. It's when you're super geeking out on the instant pot is when you have different seals. Yeah. And, and listeners, here's what you can do. If you plan on getting one of those instant pots, which many people have, yeah. um, my brother actually got one. We just used it the other day when we were there. Go in the show notes and click on the link because that is an affiliate link to Amazon. And it doesn't cost you any extra. So you do your regular shopping. But this is a good way to support Mountain Bike Radio with no extra money out of your pocket. So click on that little link, buy your Instant Pot, and buy like a thousand other things, <laughs> preferably like $5,000 worth. Um, but just do your regular shopping. And since we sent you over there for that, we will get a small cut of, they will kick back some money to yep. us. So that helps all this keep yep. going. Otherwise, I won't actually have food to put in the Instant Pot, which is a problem. Rice cooker all day long, every day. That's all you're going to be eating. Yeah, rice and beans. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I do affiliate links too, but I'll I'll just say that I've, you know, that is just for things I've always recommended or would recommend anyway, just so people can trust that. Hopefully we've been doing this for so long yeah. that hopefully oh, you never think absolutely. that I'm like creating things for you to buy because um, mm -mm. I wouldn't do that. I hate that shit. Me too. I don't do no that. No clickbait, yeah. no crazy buy this when you don't need it. Okay. So let's, yeah. so a few listener questions. I'm going to start with the one that we got via email 
Um, and let me get there. From Larry? From Larry. So thanks, Larry, for um, sending this in. And basically, he was talking about um, we had done something on breakfasts. It was a podcast about easy breakfasts and kind of getting out the door. And I think it was towards the beginning of the school year, probably, because that's when breakfast always becomes like, ah, like, how do I get all these people some breakfast before, you know, they have to run for the bus, whatever. Um, So he was saying a few things. Um, He says he works out early in the morning, fasted, and he's not hungry and his workouts are fine. Two hours a day, um, longer stuff on the weekend, uh, biking and running mostly. I had talked about during that that I thought that um, breakfast was important, a small amount of fuel before you go if you're pushing your performance because you've fasted all night. Um, and also, a lot of times, if it's just like a day-to-day thing and you're not hungry for breakfast, often you're overeating at dinner. Larry was saying, you know what? this, you know, I'm not overeating at dinner. He's got a great weight for his height, consistent. He doesn't eat after 7 o'clock at night. Um, so I would say for this one... Um, that you know, on an individual basis, some people just don't aren't hungry for breakfast, and I think it's I think it's okay. I wasn't saying this um, to say that you know anything horrible is going to happen if you don't want or eat breakfast. There is some study out there that are showing that there can be altered glucose metabolism the longer you wait to eat in the mornings, and this has to do with circadian rhythms in that your hormones are set up to um, metabolize foods during the day and then not while you're supposed to be sleeping when the sun is down, because all that's connected, you know, to the to the 24-hour clock in the day and all of that sort of thing. But on an individual basis, if you're not eating all night and snacking at midnight, and then you're, you know, it's all right. That's okay. The thing with fasting before workouts, a lot of really well-trained athletes can absolutely go up to like two hours and not see a decline in performance with both not eating beforehand or during. Two hours seems to be about the breaking point, though. And I think that, you know, research definitely supports that carbs um, per hour, once you hit about the hour to 90 minute mark, do improve performance in research. This is in non-keto adapted athletes. Um, And then I would say just working with people, absolutely, people tend to be able to push themselves better with carbs, you know, Somewhere in there, 90 minutes, two hours. It depends on how well-trained the athlete is. So for someone like Larry, who sounds to be really well-trained, um, I think beyond two hours, maybe you feel fine, but maybe you could push yourself even harder and end even stronger with fuel, like I um, outline in the other podcast in my book, the things like that. But then again, you know what? Some people can go forever without it. <laughs> you know, what can I say? They um, they feel good and they do well. Um so I, I don't think physiologically, when I think through physiologically what your body is doing and what it's burning, and especially if you don't have a lot of fat stores and that sort of thing, I think that the research and my experience stands to say that carbs will help or fuel will help um, after that two-hour mark. I, it will also help re- you recover well, too. Um, he talked about not being that hungry and having to force himself to eat right afterwards. couple things there is is I, I think you should force yourself to eat after a hard workout. I think that the evidence is there that you will recover better, that you will restore glycogen stores and improve muscle um, recovery and repair with fuel immediately afterwards. Sometimes hunger is masked and you don't feel as hungry if you're dehydrated. So make sure that that's not the issue, that you're not allowing yourself to get too dehydrated. If you're drinking during and after, remember that you do need electrolytes there too to truly hydrate yourself because you're losing both fluid and electrolytes. Um, So I would say that even though I think that people can get away with not fueling before and during, I do recommend 
doing your very best to always recover. The other thing I've seen a lot with athletes who are very well trained and can just kind of go, whether they're toughing it out or they are just so well trained that they don't um, notice deficiencies in energy, is that a lot of times these same people will um, be very hungry in the evening and feel kind of low energy. It usually hits like if they if they work out in the morning, low energy will hit kind of mid-afternoon and then they will be very hungry in the evening. Whether or not they eat because of the hunger is a different story. Some of these people are just very disciplined. Um, I Physiologically speaking, I think that fuel is definitely better for you and will help you with performance and will just help your body overall if you get it during the day. So go ahead and make yourself kind of eat during the day and then lightening up at night is still fine. So hopefully I've answered that. I think there's so much room for individual variances. Whenever I talk and try to speak to a general audience like this, um, it's going to be, you know, kind of what I've seen overall, but there's always going to be individual things. And if you're healthy and you're not eating all through the night and you're still not hungry in the morning, then hey, that's just kind of how your your body works. And everyone is a little bit different and it's okay to kind of be, have a study of one of yourself. And as long as uh, you're happy with your performance and your health and everything else, then I think it's fine. And if I worked with you on an individual basis, I just had a client, I have a client right now who we just, you know, have established up to two hours. He just doesn't need anything. And, you know, it's not worth caring or worrying about because he finishes strong. He recovers while everything is fine. And that's going to be part of how well-trained he and Larry are. So, so yeah. Anything to add to that one, Ben? <laughs> no. <laughs> Covered it. Okay. Other than, yeah. Other than to say, thank you, Larry, for listening. I know. I've I've seen his name before, so I I have a feeling he's been around for a long time. So I appreciate Larry listening and sending an email. Yeah, me too. And keep it up, man. That's two hours a day. That's uh, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That's a lot. I think it's awesome. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got something on Facebook from Andy who says that um, injury. He wanted to know more about injury recovery for the aging mountain biker, <laughs> which is like all I talk about. Um, so this is a great one for yeah. me. Um, he just had a broken wrist and 11 stitches and a broken rib. It sounds like a, Oh, three different crashes this year. Just, oh, that sucks. I hear yeah. you. Um, you know, 48 and doesn't bounce back as much as he used to. So Andy, a few things here. I would definitely go back if you start right after, well, we took a break after I tore my ACL cause I was like out of it and mad and not doing stuff. So, um, I tore my ACL in like on, I think it was January 29th of 2017. So about six weeks later is when we started talking about it on mountain bike radio, but I went through a few different things and some things are appropriate more for the healing stage. And then some things are more appropriate for just always. Um, he asked specifically about keeping his joints healthy as possible as he aged. So in the healing stage, um, Definitely, I'm going to recommend more vitamin D, calcium, and magnesium when we're talking about joints and bones. Um, I always recommend magnesium. And then the other two are kind of based individual um, as I look at someone's diet and what they might need. But those ones are going to be important. Also, we see more healing with extra vitamin C at the time, like 500 milligrams um, per day. So if you go back and listen to those, we talk more in depth about amounts and what I was taking and that sort of thing. Anytime you're healing, you also want adequate... um, protein in your diet and you don't want to be in a calorie deficit. So it's a little bit of a balance because you might not be doing everything you're normally doing. So you don't want to overeat, but you still do need to eat consistently and then also emphasize protein at your meals um, in order to get enough protein for healing. Then in just a more general sense, all the time um, for my joints, 
I'm taking turmeric and ginger. I talk about those a ton. You know, I just saw something else today about turmeric helping with lowering LDL cholesterol. Um, and that was used at the same time when um, sterols and stanols from um, plants were used, but it lowered LDL cholesterol with and without these other things, at least a small amount. I just can't even, there's no end to what some of these amazing nutrients will do in your body. There's, and turmeric is probably one of the most, it's just like every system can benefit from it. So I'm going to take turmeric for probably the rest of my life. And, um, you know, all these different things, I can definitely feel a reduction in pain. And even right after surgery, you know, I've talked about before, and I'm not here for a competition on like who got off of painkillers sooner. I know people can kind of get into that. And I, I was never trying to be like tough girl right after my surgery. Cause I, as I've talked about before, my second day after surgery was right up there beyond childbirth for me. It was, it was nasty. Um, but I think by the next day or the day after that, I was completely off painkillers and I was using turmeric and ginger. And if I missed a dose, I could tell they're that potent. And I have so many, I'm, I bet I've gotten. I don't know, between 30 and 50 emails ever since I started talking about joints and turmeric and ginger with people saying, you know, I've had to pop Advil for like years and now I don't because I take turmeric every day and my knees feel great. You know, it's amazing. So I'm taking those two. um, I probably will for the rest of my life. One, like 500 milligrams per day all the time. But And then if I'm actually in pain because of something like this, I bumped it up to 1,000 milligrams each per day. I also started taking um, gelatin. So gelatin, and I'm sorry for everyone who does not like it when I talk about mm, eating. You know what? What? What's that? Yeah, uh, they're not going to, they're going to stop listening anyway. <laughs> if they're angered about animal products, there is, what was that podcast you said? The No, the no Meat. No Meat Athlete is a great podcast no and a athlete. great for anyone who's, but I, you know, I work with a lot of vegan and vegetarian athletes, but some people are truly offended that I eat meat or use animal products. So then that that's where they should go is no meat athlete. It's great. I think he does a really good job and he does a really good job of making it like, Hey, this is not like the end all be all of who you should be friends with. Um, you know, and who you should talk to is only people who don't eat animal products, but there are some people who are truly offended. So I'm sending you over there, but for people who can work with me and I work with vegetarians all the time and we talk about the good and the bad and what, you know, deficiencies there might be and what things they do better. Um, then that's fine. But I will say that I did use gelatin. Gelatin is made from bones and hooves and all kinds of nasty parts of animals. Um, mm. and as a meat eater, no, even that it's scratches not, me a it, bit. It's not nasty. It's essential building blocks in life. That's right. All that in between space that brings all the joints and everything together that should be used in everything you do instead of just cutting out the chicken breast and throwing the rest away, like reusing it. Yes, absolutely. It's and it's a nature. better, it's a, yeah, it's a better, more sustainable yeah. thing when someone uses a whole animal. I only say nasty is because when I of hooves and what those hooves are stepping in. I know. That I'm just being out. a dick. <laughs> I no, but I agree. The fact that we don't eat very many, you know, bones and that sort of thing, or make bone broth and things like that, like other traditional foods that um, people used before us, there is a place for this. And so I used um, gelatin for about the first three months post-op and post-injury, I should say. But I've recently switched to collagen. And collagen is just a little bit more broken down. And the reason is, is because gelatin's a little bit hard to use. It gels things up and makes them have a weird texture. And then it also has a weird taste, even in a smoothie. It was hard to cover up. Whereas collagen is oh. just, it just dissolves right into my coffee. I can't even taste it. It's awesome. Um, the oh. research on this one is mixed. 
There's some research that shows that it really does help with joints and rebuilding collagen in your own body and that sort of thing, and some that says it doesn't. For me, it's a protein source, and for the money, it's cheaper than like whey and other powders. So for me, I think it's it's worth its money just for that. And then if it does do some miracle magic in my joints, then even better. But it does have a very specific amino acid profile. So amino acids are the building block of protein that's different than like meat or other proteins. So if I can get more variation into my body with um, amino acids, the better to me. So that's why I'm con- continue to use it regardless of the um, research that is back and forth. So yeah, and I use one called Great Lakes Gelatin Collagen Hydrosylate. So those are what I'm using for that one, Andy, and I hope that helps. Um, yeah, anything on that one? No. That's good. All right. For Rod, he asked me to talk about natural supplements for performance. I want to do a whole podcast on this one for you, Rod, um, instead of just talking about it now. But I will run through some of the ones that we've talked about before and what I'll talk about on an upcoming podcast, as long as Ben's down with that. So he asked, what are my Mm -hmm. thoughts on beets, peppermint oil, et cetera? So I'll start there. Beets and beetroot juice. We did a whole podcast, right? Ben, sometimes I confuse myself with my blog and the podcast. But didn't we Miracle Juice? It was either last year or the year before. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. we did, Rod. And if not, you can search until I do the until we do this whole podcast again, if you want an answer now. Um, on Fuel Right Blog, you can and the easiest way to search my blog, honestly, is to type into Google Fuel Right Blog and then whatever you're looking for. It's better than the search engine within my website, unfortunately. Um, something I need to or fix. Go to the show notes. Or go to the show notes. Yeah. So uh, if I'm almost, I'm like 90% positive we did a show and I think we called it Miracle Juice. Um, so there's podcast and then there's also um, a blog on this. So you'll get my thoughts and my regimen for using beetroot juice, beetroot powder, or the supplements, not supplements, but the um, products that are out there. There's um, a few still that are either pills or gels or um, powders that you can take. And I'm for it. I've seen great results with using beetroot. Um, it's hard to say, you know, I'm not an athlete who's like hooked onto a treadmill breathing into something where someone can say for sure this is happening or not. But I can tell you that anecdotally, um, I've seen improvements using beetroot and so have, um, some of my clients as well. Next one, peppermint oil. I'm a fan of, um, essential oils and peppermint is definitely one that's great for athletes. Um, one thing that peppermint oil does is that it's like a bronchodilator. So it improves um, your ability to breathe and, and kind of opens up your lungs. Also, if you have a cold, it can just open up your face. <laughs> so like your sinuses and your, you know, your whole, all those cavities, if you feel plugged up. So the thing with peppermint oil, though, is if you're using essential oils and you're ingesting them, you definitely want them to be a really high quality oil. I used doTERRA. And I think you can even get doTERRA now on Amazon, but I've used that peppermint oil right under my tongue or doTERRA also makes these little peppermint oil beads. So they're these little tiny baby capsules that um, I've used before runs. You don't want to use them. You don't want to use peppermint oil just constantly, constantly, constantly though. And and the reason is, is there's some evidence and, you know, maybe before our podcast, I'll look into this research a little bit more, but there is some evidence that it can mess with t- testosterone if you take too much. And that's like the last thing you want as an athlete. 
So, you know, use peppermint oil before something big, before you really want to do well, or if you have a cold, but don't use it for every training would be my recommendation at this point. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it, it just feels good. It opens everything up. Like you just, um, you can just tell a difference in your mouth and nose and lungs after you taste it or take it. Um, the other thing is you don't want to ingest essential oils too much because if they get into your gut, so it's not like under your tongue and into your bloodstream, but into your gut, since a lot of them are so high in antibacterial and antiviral, it can kind of, it may mess with the healthy bacteria in your gut. That's another place for research. And for me to do more research on it and see what's out there and see if that research is even available. So that's peppermint oil. Next one I would say is mm. beta alanine. We did a whole podcast on this. I know it. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, we did. But look, look up beta alanine and you'll see that that's an amino acid that specifically, we're not just talking about like recovery. We're talking about performance enhancement. There you go. Um, beta alanine. The next one would be caffeine. We definitely did a whole podcast on this. I saw some forum. I was like, my name came up like as the dietitian who loves caffeine. <laughs> I was like, oh my yeah, caffeine pills. Yeah, because I actually take the pills, not just like a natural yeah. <laughs> coffee. And then I was, <laughs> I was uh, rambling off on some Saved by the Bell, where Jesse Spano was yes. hooked on caffeine pills, and then she finally hits rock bottom, and she's, there's no time. There's never any time. <laughs> right, and your whole life crumbles in front of you. Yeah, so I take yeah. caffeine pills. I went skiing uphill this morning, and I took a caffeine pill before I did it. So, um. Yeah, I see nothing wrong with that in small amounts. You don't want to overdo those, obviously, for lots of different reasons. Um, and, you know, the only reason I take pills instead of just drinking coffee is coffee. If I'm going to run or bike or ski right after I drink coffee, it's just a little too sour in my stomach. It messes with me a little bit. So um, that's why I take those pills then on very long things like, you know, I shouldn't say very, but like over four hours or five hours. I'll take them throughout. A lot of products now have caffeine in them, whether it's a drink or a gel or whatever. Um, and so you'll, you can get all the information on that caffeine podcast. But generally, I average about 100 milligrams per hour if I'm going to use it consistently. That There is a lot of research behind this showing improved endurance, improved stamina, improved power, improved all kinds of things. Um, just this is well researched and this one's not a fluke at all. Caffeine does amazing things in your body that way. Also, it can reduce your okay. sense of effort mentally, which can be a kind of a big yeah. deal on a long one. The last can one. Can I jump in here? Yes. Can I jump in here before you get the last one? Mm -hmm. So this is something that I want to discuss further in whatever, 2018, 19. I don't really care. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. Um, something I do want to talk about that's further to this, maybe kind of this related to the caffeine discussion are mushrooms. Yes. So that's another thing that's coming quickly. Like it's the tip of the iceberg has always been there. Right. 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 But there's a lot more discussion. I notice weekly there's more discussion about, well, the separate to that is like microdosing with other weird stuff and all, that whole discussion. Right. You're but, talking about like cordyceps and mushroom teas and things like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I was going to say is um, there's a lot of different options. So like lion's mane, for example, is one that like gets me my, I get fired. I hate to say fired up because that's Tim Ferriss's commercial <laughs> is like, oh, I get so fired up. Like whatever. <laughs> How about but like, but Ram so to that, there's um, four sigmatic. I just got some of that four sigmatic mushroom coffee. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like 13 bucks or 12 bucks or whatever for basically it's like a buck a pack, I think. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes too. Uh, the magic that's something seven that is when I've worked with, with clients. 
Um, magic seven. Yeah, something like that. Magic, magic something seven. And that's one weird thing about mushrooms is they get all weirded out, like their their crazy names. Um, but I will tell you that there are some nature six. Who? What's it? Thrive six. Mm-mm. I'll send you the link. No, magic seven. Hmm. Some okay. magic. I don't know. There, I'll send you. But there are some naturopathic doctors who um, will really use cordyceps and mushrooms for um, testosterone levels too. And that comes up a lot with me because I work with a lot of male athletes who um, kind of push themselves with endurance to that brink where they're actually hurting their um, hormone balance. So, um, and then they come to me and then we'd have to try to figure it out. And that's a hard, that's a hard path to undo, but that is one thing that we've used in the past. So that one, do you, can you think of any more yeah. before I do my last one? Uh, no, that's, that's good. I mean, I just wanted to bring that up like as an, as an option. So there's, there's several different, uh, mushrooms that, uh, get involved with that. So I want to discuss that further at some point, yeah, but that's that something else. Check. This whole natural supplement performance enhancement, I think would be a good, a good one. And yep. I actually okay. want to use the mushroom tea before I do, before we do that. Cause I always like to, cool. most of all these other things I've used, I guess all of them I have yeah. um, the caffeine chronically cool. yeah, apparently, so I, every day. Yeah. Um, they put it in the, if they put mushrooms in pills, you're in. I'm in. Gosh, no. I'm like a whole food person. It's only the caffeine. <laughs> it really is only the caffeine and the peppermint oil, I guess. But this last okay. one, this will bring me back right on the path to wellness. Um, and it's not a supplement, but sleep. Sleep is a performance enhancer. And there's all these studies that show professional athletes in the, in the research with when they've had enough sleep and they haven't or had a nap and they haven't. And there's all kinds of things, reaction time. I, and we all know this, but a lot of times I think as endurance athletes, we power through sleep. And we talked a bit about this on the brain podcast, but we power through as long as you can get through, as long as you can you know, take caffeine like I do or <laughs> drink some coffee, whatever, and get through your day, then what does it matter really how much sleep you got? But endurance power, reaction time, all these things for athletes are improved with adequate sleep. So I will put that right up there with natural performance enhancers, even though it's not a supplement. And it's free, saving you money by enhancing your performance with free things. Exactly. (laughs) All right. There's two more. Um, Okay. So Nicole asked, what to eat to make you not so hungry? Training has been cut in the off season and the numbers, oh, and the pounds are packing on and I'm hungry all the time. Okay. So <laughs> I hear you, Nicole, you know, we were, Ben and yeah. I were just talking about this cause I'm, I'm small. I'm like, I've, I've mentioned this. I'm like weirdly small for an adult. <laughs> I'm like a five foot zero in no, like a hundred and five Weirdly pounds. small. And it's funny whenever yeah. I run the numbers for someone who's my size, it's like, dang, you just don't burn very many calories. It's super unfair. Um, so I hear you like, how to not be so hungry, but not overeat a whole bunch of calories and that sort of thing. Um, a few things I will point to here. One is that you do pattern of eating is pretty important. So I would recommend having decent balanced meals. And if you need snacks in between, but snacks does not mean snacky food and it doesn't mean grazing. It means like one time eating in between your meals. Um, the more bang you can get for your buck here with calories, the better. So something like a hard boiled egg, um, is great as far as filling you up a bit without having very many calories in it. Cause it's got protein An apple because it's got fiber. Um, those will tend to fill you up a little bit more than, um, something that's more processed. And I, I think I know who this is. So I know, you know, that, and you're a healthy eater. Um, so first of all, I would talk about the pattern of eating and then 
lighter at night when you don't need as much. So that's the whole point is you get more calories and more nutrients during the day and then you don't need so much at night. The other thing is to think about volume. There's a whole study and a whole this, books are written about the volume of your food and how this changes your appetite. And it's all about hormones. When your stomach is stretched because of volume, it signals to your brain that you've had enough to eat and whether the calories are there or not. Um, signals to your brain that you've had enough to eat and it tells your body that you are no longer hungry. So um, within the thought that you still, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you to get inadequate amount of calories, but within the amount of calories you're trying to get or the amount of food, think of things with more volume. Something like soups with a lot of broth have a lot of volume. Um, chia is great because you can make I have a good recipe for chia pudding, which is just awesome. And it, you know, chia absorbs water and expands in it. So it makes a bigger volume. Um, things with fiber tend to do the same. So that's what I would recommend is fiber, protein, and volume from things like chia or, or fluids at every meal to help. One other really interesting one is that, um, chili and spicy things tend to turn off hunger. So if the more you eat like a spicy, you know, um, whatever, whether you're adding like crushed red pepper to it or real chilies or salsa, um, it will tend to decrease hunger in people. So that's another one. So hmm. anything there, Ben? Uh, you could put gelatin in your smoothie and apparently that, Ooh. that makes it all bigger. Ugh. Makes it so you have to like chew your smoothie. <laughs> that last drink where the gelatin had like settled into my smoothie you seriously have to get a spoon and like choke it down. Collagen, not so much, but yeah, that is true too. Like anything that gels, chia is a little bit more palatable to me than the gel gelatin, but yeah, those all help because they do the same in your stomach too. Um, the fluids in your, in your um, GI tract kind of swell up as well. And that's what helps fibers and gelatins make you full. All right. The last one is, um, from Clinton and he's asking me about supplements. And, you know, I would actually like to do a podcast on um, current supplements too, because I think the last time we did it was towards the beginning of us doing the Apex podcast. And so, you know, mm -hmm. products and things have changed in the last five years. So might as well talk about new products. But he's asking me kind of like, what do I consider when I'm looking for a supplement? And um, like, what are keywords or ingredients? And so I separate just like eating daily nutrition and training nutrition. There's daily supplements as far as vitamins and minerals and training nutrition supplements. And so um, just for a quick rundown, Clinton, I would say for most all clients I work with, I'm looking for a multivitamin. And I know that's controversial, highly controversial, but uh, um, a multivitamin. I want extra magnesium, adequate vitamin D. And then fish oil. So what that looks like to me is I like food-based multivitamins. I just think that they're going to be more bioavailable, which means they absorb better and assimilate into your body better and do a better job. The reason I think that athletes need, especially athletes who are trying to maintain a low body weight, need a multivitamin is we just don't get enough of certain things. But when you get them in a multivitamin, they're kind of balanced with other things. So you don't overdo some. One thing that I've seen with working with men who want to maintain testosterone levels is copper and zinc can help and a lot of good multivitamins. I generally recommend the Rainbow Light once daily. Um, that one has the right amount of copper and zinc in the men's formulation. So things like that that you might not think about but that are just kind of helping your body along because you're burning so much and you're putting yourself at risk of inadequacies are worth it to me. There's not a ton of downside to these multivitamins. Um, 
And I know that there's like research that says they don't do anything, but just remember that most all that research is in sedentary populations. So it just, I mean, like that just falls by the wayside when I'm talking to athletes. So that's where I'm going to start. Magnesium. I think all athletes need 400 milligrams per day in supplements during on seasons. We did a whole podcast on magnesium and how all kinds of times overtraining and chronic fatigue is just a magnesium deficiency. So 200 milligrams via supplement year round, some multivitamins will have that. Bump that up to 400 milligrams um, during on seasons. You do want to split that dose 200 and 200 because that can give you loose stools um, is one problem with magnesium. The next one, vitamin D. I like to see during the fall and winter, 1,000 to 2,000 IUs per day, unless you live um, closer to the equator than like uh, like Georgia. So or Atlanta, I don't know my geography down there very good. But anyway, one of those, if you're anywhere north of that, you're not getting enough direct sunlight during the um, fall and winter. And so that can help. And, and vitamin D is just important for a whole bunch of things. The last one is fish oil. If you're not eating 12 ounces of fatty fish per week, then I'm going to recommend fish oil. So those are the main ones that I recommend year round or not year round, but then daily nutrition. Training nutrition, first that magnesium is bumped up, and then I'm going to recommend turmeric and ginger for just joint health. And that really should be kicked over to daily nutrition because just for everyone, that's healthy. So sorry for the confusion. Turmeric and ginger, 500 milligrams a piece, unless you're just eating a whole bunch of ginger and turmeric. Um, And then the other ones I use in training are the amino acids. So I use um, L-glutamine and um, BC... AAs a lot. And then um, when I'm trying to kick up the training nutrition during an on-season, the beta alanine. So that was supposed to sound really simple and easy and not like I use very many supplements and uh, ended up sounding long and more complicated. So that, 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 that's what you got. So here's the solution. Yeah. Tell me the solution. Here's the solution is I'm going to put them in the show notes and I will put a link in there to a website called kit, kit.com. And what I started doing on this kit.com is it's a really slick way to put out the related uh, items that we talk about in episodes. So there's a few episodes out there right now that uh, that were heavy in links that we could link things to. But it's essentially a Pinterest for all the things that we talk about in an episode. So it's a social way other people can kind of search around and see what's out there. Uh, but anyhow, so I set up a specific kit on kit.com if you type in mountain bike radio, but for each episode, I've been putting those together. So like a kit for this episode will include all these items that you talked about. So branch chain amino acids, uh, uh, fish oil, uh, your vitamin D, magnesium, stuff you recommend, I'll have the links on there. And surprise, surprise, some of those will be affiliate links and some won't depends whether or not I can make them or I can find them or what you recommend is available through one of them. If it is, please just use that. That's awesome. (laughs) It helps. Um, But if not, no big deal. Like you'll see on some of the episodes, there are ones where I just link it to the the product website because that's where you find it. Anyhow, so I started doing that and kit.com is a really slick way of doing that. So check the show notes, click on the, I'll put, uh, I don't know, find it on kit or go 
go to our kit.com, something like that. But just click on that and it'll take you that and you can scroll through other episodes too from there. Yep. And hopefully that just makes it easier for everyone. And Clint, I, I'm reading your um, question again and I just want to make sure I answered it. So the words I'm looking for with the multivitamin, I'm looking for food-based. With the other ones, I'm generally looking for just as few ingredients as possible. Specifically with the amino acids, I don't like stacked amino acids, which, you know, in bodybuilding world, it's like when they put the right amount of this amino acid with that amino acid. My problem with that is for endurance, we want different amounts at different times. And I like to have a single amino acid with nothing else like L-glutamine and that's it. No um, colorings, no flavorings. Usually I'm adding it to like a drink. So I don't, the last thing I want is like a berry flavored L-glutamine that I'm about to add to my chocolate milk. Um, So I want those to be very plain. And they're not going to taste good by themselves, but in general, people are adding them to other things um, or can just take a quick shot of it in water. So the less ingredients, the better. Um, and then with that, multivitamin food-based is, is what I'm looking for. So hopefully I answered his question okay. Yeah. And I guess if you do have any follow-up questions, Clinton or Larry or any of the others, anyone, Nicole, yep. you can always send us an email. Um, the more we get, the more you will answer. Yeah. And it helps with um, knowing what you all want to hear in podcasts and kind of what's on your radar, not just on ours. So, mm-hmm. so cool. yeah, that's it. All right. So listeners, thank you very much. We really appreciate all of the questions, uh, all the downloads. If you like what you hear, please go to wherever you listen and Go to the little, all the way to the right number of stars <laughs> and hit that. It's probably going to be five, five. So if you like it, hit five. If you really don't like what you just heard and you listen to all 45 minutes, uh, see you later. And uh, I don't know what else to say, but uh, it would be really helpful. Leave like. a review. Exactly. <laughs> it would be really helpful for you to use the affiliate link, do your shopping there, and to leave us a review. You're getting this for free. So the least I could do is just beg you to do something (laughs) in exchange for that. All right. Is that cool? All right. So we're cool. Kelly, any questions for Kelly? You can go to KE or send an email to K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com. Go to apexnutritionllc.com. You can Google Fuel Right blog or just go to the show notes. And that's about it. Find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Strava. Um, Yeah, I try to keep it kind of adventure oriented on Strava, just out there having fun doing what I love. So I love to connect with other athletes in all those places. Cool. All right. So thank you for listening, everyone. And until the next episode of the pod, the apex nutrition podcast, have a good day. That's it. See ya. Make 2018 your best life ever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Perfect. See you guys later. Thank you. See ya.